The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, I'm Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels in 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. What is up? It is your boy, Johnny Maggs. Join as always with... Daniel Garcia. And we are back for another edition of the All Angels Podcast. And before we get into anything else, I want to take a little time to let you guys know, since we started the show, I've gotten asked all sorts of questions about who to bet on and who we should bet with. I don't always know what's going on or who's going to win, but I do know where to go, and the answer is my bookie. Between their live in-game betting, endless props, and fantasy sports wagers, there's something for everyone. With the best player perks and sportsbook business, they've been good to us, and we know they'll be good to you. Uh, they're hooking up our listeners all month. Visit mybookie.ag and use promo code ANGELS when creating your account to claim your 50% off bonus laying down $100. You've now got an extra $50 in play. That's mybookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G, promo code ANGELS. You play, you win, and you get paid. So, mybookie, check them out. So let's get into it, Matt. Hey, I'm back. Sorry I missed Yay. last week. Thanks for holding it down, Daniel. I know that uh, it can get kind of like uh, it's it's weird because I did it like the first two it's years like, of this podcast. It's, and it's I like just juggling like five plates Ugh. at once. You got okay, you got to get the sound right. Okay, you got to get this right. Yeah. You got to continue talking because then if there's you know like ten seconds of dead air, then everyone's kind of looking at their phone or however they listen to this. And What's like, going on? Yeah, did I, did I push the wrong button or what? What happened? Yeah, it, when I you know I did the first like two years of this show, and then that's why it wasn't consistent because I felt like I was just like there was nothing bouncing back off to bounce back off of, and it was just like uh, nothing but a wall, uh, you know. So you did a good job, man. Good <laughs> Thank job. Thank you. Try to down. try so, to. Let's get into it, man. Week in review, as we always do on the weekly podcast. We like to go over the Angels' week in, in baseball. And they did not play the day that we were recording. Actually, they're playing right now as we speak. Today is Wednesday. Uh, what's the date today? 17th? 18th? Yeah, April 17th. April 17th. So they're playing right now as we speak. But uh, they had an off day when you recorded the show on Thursday. So they did play the next game Friday at Chicago's Wrigley Field. Windy Chicago yeah. Wrigley Field. If anyone that watched that game in the, in the afternoon, which was weird that all the games are in the afternoon. But yeah. if you ever had a chance to watch it, uh, it was the wind was howling that day. Yeah, it was uh, actually morning because it started like at eleven o'clock in the morning that day, and I was at work, so I didn't get a chance to actually watch it live. I went back home and watched it, and well, Tyler Skaggs didn't do too well. He went four innings, he gave up seven he- seven hits, four earned runs, seven strikeouts. The Angels are down early. Rizzo hit a two run shot in the first, and then I think Contreras followed with I another had, one in the I think first. Had, yeah, and Contreras ended up having two that day. And I guess a big story coming into that series was um, Trout. He yeah. didn't play at all, so this was the first game without Trout um, in the lineup at all. He actually never even traveled with the team, no, so that's why uh, a lot of people I freaked out a little bit, thinking that it was more serious than what it, it, it is. But yeah, that was kind of odd to see him not even travel with the team and him stay back at Anaheim. Yeah, and Cole Hamels pitched a great game for the Cubs. Another lefty. We'll, we'll get, get to, to it. Yeah. yeah, we'll get to it. There's, I think, there's an email about that. But Hamels pitched eight, four hits, one earned run, six strikeouts. The only bright spot. Solo home run from Albert Pujols. Pujols, Luke Roy, Ward. Albert hits one out to deep left field. This one is gone. Big fly for number five. Halos get on the board. It's 3-1 Cubs. Fourth career home run against Hamels for Albert Pujols. Down and got that pitch. So, yeah, the bright spot. That yeah, was it. The bright spot that, that cleared the bleachers. And, yeah. and, and that, so that was pretty cool. But One run on four hits the yeah, whole game. That was the one run. Yeah. <laughs> Albert Pujols came through there. 
uh, stopped us from. But but I, to me, the story about this was another game where the Angels starters were not able to go past the fourth inning or past the fifth inning. Right, and I guess part of it, of yeah, part of it was too was we found out later that Skaggs looked like Skaggs uh, stepped in the landing spot, mm-hmm. feeling a bunt, rolled ankle. his ankle. So um, obviously he wasn't lighting it up pitching wise. So not sure how much longer he would have lasted, but that ankle. You know, injury probably definitely shortened his outing. Even even if he would have just tried to go through five innings or something like that, I'm guessing the uh, rolled ankle uh, put a X on that real quick. Yeah. So again, the final score was the Cubs five and the Angels one, and ah, not too much offense there. And then yeah. we move on to Saturday's game again. It was another eleven o'clock start. Yep. Uh, it was uh, Chris Stratton pitching for the Angels. He went four and two thirds, five hits, two and runs, five Ks. The Angels went ahead early, three nothing after the second. They took more, they uh, tacked on more runs on a couple of walks, yeah. bases loaded walks. Eight total walks the Angels worked that <clears> game. So definitely, um, I think something I've been noticing too, especially with Albert, uh, they seem to be a lot more selective um, with their pitching. I think their walks are up this year compared to this time last year. Yeah, they uh, the Cubs uh, started to chip away after trailing six to two, but then the Angels held on. Cody Allen came on in uh, four out save. The Angels took the win, and the final out of that game was made by Kyle Schwarber on a, was it questionable check swing? Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, if, watch. 3-2, two, two outs. The payoff pitch. Check yes, swing. Looking he went around. He did. Like that, baby. Up as Schwarber is upset as he tosses his helmet. The Angels pick up the 6-5 victory. Yeah, it looked like he went on that one anyhow, but what a pitch. Schwarber really, really upset being called out on that one. Joe Madden getting his five cents worth. The umpires are walking off the field. 6-5 the final. And like Victor says, 6-5 was the final. final. Yeah, and uh, Schwarber was not happy about it at all. For people that didn't see the game, he did. Uh, once that third base umpire rang him up, he made a beeline. Hold me straight. back, bro. Yeah, Hold it, me back, yeah, bro. He made a beeline straight to him. So um, definitely not the way the Cubs wanted to wanted it to end because they were on a little bit of a roll. But uh, either way, you'll take it as an Angel fan because that game got close late and it got scary late. And that pretty much solidifies to everybody that Cody Allen is the closer of this team. Oh yeah, you know yeah. the fact in. that yeah the fact they came in in the eighth, um, they try to get that 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 extra that extra couple uh, outs showed that um, in that kind of situation he's the guy they're going to be going to and um, honestly not a bad guy to be going to. Something we we haven't had in a while. Um, and even even last year before Key got hurt. He was still first year raw. on the job. Yeah, I would say raw. And uh, I think they're the last person I think that we that we would go to in those situations. Probably like a Houston Street, you know. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so followed Saturday. So we won six to five. But then going into Sunday, the game got postponed snow. due to inclement weather, snow. And if more you likely. See any of the videos that um, the Angels put up, I know the Angels itself put up. Uh, Cam Bedrosian put up a video of the field covered in snow. Or Tim Mead, happy birthday, Tim Mead, um, yeah. put up on his Instagram. They had to get a uh, police escort to the um, airport because yeah. the traffic was so bad. So I saw the video of the uh, plane sitting on the on the uh, runway there and uh, just covered in snow. Yeah, it's kind of weird. To see. I mean, us in California, we're not used yeah. to that kind of stuff. At least not in Southern California. And uh, to see the game Saturday be super clear, maybe a couple of clouds in the sky, and then you wake up and Snow. boom, all over the ground. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. So the game postponed until June the 3rd uh, yeah. in what, uh, Chicago. Yeah, which is – you're looking at the schedule, that's going to be crappy for the Angels because they're in Seattle. They fly from Seattle Sunday to Chicago to make up the game Monday, get right back on a plane, and, and head to Anaheim for the start of a homestand. Oh, at least so, they'll be at home at the tail end of that. Yeah, so again, that's a lot of miles in a short period of time, so that's something to look out for as far as, um, I don't want to say it's not a winnable game, but I mean, that first game back in Anaheim is going to be a, a little bit of a jet lag going from uh, coast to coast. Not coast to coast, but different time zones. Yeah, uh, follow that uh, postponement, so an extra day off, which means the Angels didn't have to play without Mike Trout, which... I guess you could say gave him an extra day off. A game that he didn't have to worry about playing. So Right. I don't think he was going to play either way. No, he yeah. wasn't. He wasn't going to play. But uh, at least that was a game that the Angels didn't have to play without him. At least it was a, a day that the bullpen got the rest. Right. That too. But uh, headed to Texas on Monday, it was Trevor Cahill who took the bump. And again, another guy who was not able to get into the fifth inning. Cahill only pitched four innings, gave up five hits, four in runs, two walks, two strikeouts. The Angels jumped ahead early, man. Uh, three, three to nothing in the first inning. Good, uh, topped off by uh, Goodwin's two-run home run. Right there in the first. Um, then the Angels were up four-one, headed into the third, and then you're going to hear this. Joey Gallo strikes again. Yeah, exactly. Like what? What else is new? 
Um, you know, it's funny though too because I think I heard something Gallo. Um, he has like something on seven home runs throughout the season, and five of them are against the Angels. Um, he's the ultimate uh, all or nothing kind of guy. So I guess sometimes I guess it depends on situation. You depends on dice. whether he's playing the Angels or not. Yeah, they kind of roll the dice as far as um, do you try to strike him out because he does that a ton, or do you? I, I with him, I think if you hit your spots, he's going to strike out. Yeah. If you leave one across, if you miss get a mistake, yeah, he's he's definitely a guy that can crush it. Um, he's definitely an all or nothing kind of guy. So I think that makes pitching to him kind of difficult because you're sometimes you need a bank on that strikeout. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it happens. And then sometimes if he's playing you, the angels, then it, it doesn't. Yeah. So this game is, was frustrating because the angels had a four, one lead and they just couldn't really hold it. Uh, Cahill just, I don't know. Well, four runs. You don't, you look at four runs and you're like, ah, oh, that's not too bad, but the four, four innings, innings is yeah, I think the four innings part is probably what hurts the most. Yeah. Um, I mean, the good news is this is a game where, like you said, Trout was back in the lineup as DH. So at least he was, um, in the lineup and everyone's fears as far as him being out, you know, you, right. you, you see angel Twitter and angel Instagram fans freaking out because, um, Oh, they say he's only gonna be day to day, which means he's going to be out for two weeks. Like, I mean, <laughs> come on, it, um, it, it, yeah. take it easy. Uh, I guess the bright spot to this is that they scored seven runs and, right. yeah. you know, it, it, and it was just one of those things that we talked about. It seems like Texas was just finding the holes. Yeah. Um, you know, Angels' defense wasn't great this game, which if they're going to be successful, their defense needs to be a main reason why. But, you know, sometimes some of those hits, um, you can do nothing you can do about no, it. No, I mean, line drives in the hole. Line drives just right over the shortstop's head. Line drives right in front of the right fielder. I mean, there's broken bat. I mean, there's, yeah, a little broken loopers. Bat. Yeah, there's a broken bat single that happened right in front of yeah, Calhoun. If he, if he hits do. that and does the bat doesn't break and he gets all of it, it's probably a line drive straight, right, straight right to Calhoun and he doesn't have to move. It's just he broke a bat. So that took a lot of... Uh, the velocity off of it and it dropped right in front of them. So stuff like that, it's like hard to say, oh, the Angels played bad. It's like sometimes the ain't, baseball is just weird that way. Speaking of Calhoun, the Angels were down 12 to 5. And uh, one other bright spot was, well, Calhoun uh, went uh, yard. Cole hits one out toward right field, hit well. Mazzara onto the track and at the wall, that is gone. Big fly for Cole Calhoun, his third hit of the night. It's 12-7, Texas. Boy, we talked about how much he likes hitting this ballpark. The 311 hitter. Well, three hits tonight. Three hits on that night. That took the lead, Texas lead, down to 12-7, to and that would finally be the that final would, score, 12-7. to yeah. I mean, they had the bases loaded late in the ninth inning. Again, weren't able to come through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, gave Angel fans that were still watching, John, um, at, least a little I, bit, uh, at least a little bit of hope. But, again... Um, giving up 12 runs to any team, it doesn't look it – it's, it's not it, likely, yeah. And, you know, people say, oh, they gave up 12 runs to Texas. I know Texas isn't the best team, but they when you look some, at that lineup, they, they can score some, runs. They have some power. and then They can score runs. Yeah, and then, too, this is like the first game I'm comfortable saying that the bullpen kind of blew up. Yeah, but you, Rogian didn't Madrosian have the best gave up three, gave up three earned runs. Jewel gave up three runs. Um, so, you know, those games are going to happen regardless yeah. if it's against a good team or a bad or, team. Or a bad yeah. team. It's going to happen. But um, as far as the long stretch, the long, uh, pic- the big picture of everything, the bullpen has actually been a really big bright spot on the team. So, yeah. um, again, you, you kind of take these games with a grain of salt. Yeah, you would like to, to be a little more competitive, maybe a little more scoring, low scoring game. But you'll take what you can get, and these games are just going to happen. Yeah, move on to yesterday's game, which was Tuesday the 16th. This one was a tough one. 5 nothing loss, no offense. Berea pitched five, gave up six hits, four in runs, two walks, three strikeouts. Another late lefty starter in, in Mike Miner. He shut the Angels down. Complete game shutout. And then again, Gallo strikes again. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, too bad he's not in, like, in the AL Central. Where I, you got to see him a couple times. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest story coming out of this is the whole lefty thing. And yeah. like so, we'll, we'll we'll get to that a little bit deeper later. But um, only being able to get three hits, yeah, um, that no. really hurt. Jaime again pitched five innings, four earned runs, three Ks. Um, not not the kind I'm sure first start of the season he would want. But again, yeah. um, that's a kid trying to find his way. Twenty two years old, yeah, so. might still trying to be working some things out. And the and another thing, too, people I don't think realize is that last year him as a rookie, there wasn't really a book on him. There yeah. wasn't really a scouting mm-hmm. report on him because he just never pitched in the majors. Right. Um, now that he had, for the most part, a whole year last year, there's more of a scouting report on him, more of a book on him. So um, 
people, uh, the, the players coming to bat, they might have a little more inside information as far as oh, what no he doubt. likes to throw no or, or what he can throw a certain situation than he did last year. So yeah. um, now it's it, about making the adjustment. Exactly. For him. Yeah. It's going to be one of those things now where, what does he do next in his next, maybe couple outings. If he gets the opportunity to start again, um, what he makes adjustments yeah. here or there, because you know, baseball is a constant game about adjustments. Yeah. And they'll make an adjustment this way. You have to do it the other way. So uh, I'm not too worried about that start. By no, he's, he's young. Yeah, he's, he's young. 22 years old. He's so, got time to grow. Exactly. So definitely not the worst thing in the world um offense again um you just like to see something more than his three hits over over the over the game right i guess it wouldn't have mattered if he gave up four runs or one run because angels didn't yeah, score any so it didn't really matter exactly yeah um so that that wraps it up for the weekend review the angels are actually playing tonight like i said matt harvey was on the bump the last time i checked they were winning two nothing right. you might have a more better uh, update i think as of right now so they, i'm uh, not it's tied two two oh, i'm not sure it. what inning it is but yeah uh yeah, yeah it you know, not a great week by any means. Um, you know, so uh, hopefully they at least get a win here against Texas. You but, would hope so, so you can get out of there at 500. Yeah, but at least a split against against Chicago for, you know, obviously that third game needs to be made up. Yeah. Isn't terrible. Um, I said last week, I think they're, I thought they were going to win two out of three. So w- losing the first one, I kind of, you know, you kind of yeah. figure. But, yeah. um, you know, not a terrible week, not a great week. You just hope. Um, they can salvage it a little bit. Yeah, with, win today keeps us at five hundred. Right, they can salvage it a little bit, and then we'll talk about more about the big picture later on. But yeah, they got um, they got uh, they're headed to Anaheim after tonight's game Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday versus Seattle, a tough team at the Big A. Right. Then followed by four more against the Yankees, another tough team who right. got off to a slow start. Yeah, but, I mean, we'll the Yankees. About, yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit as far as later, as far as the big picture and why I personally I'm not too worried about where they're where they stand as far as record and everything. Right no, now. I think right now when people start looking at the standings and people. Start Start saying, oh, we're this far back already. Ah, dude, it's April. And I know the games count just the same now as they do later. But you know what? You got time to make it up right now. Yeah. You don't have time to make it up in September if you're if you're in the picture. Exactly. So um, do you have any news that you wanted to get into before we move on? Um, to we the- have a little bit of injury news that yeah. I guess we can talk about. It, it, it's going to come up in an email later, but we'll kind of just touch on it when we when it gets to that. But Otani, news came out that he will not go on a rehab assignment. Yeah. So. No 66ers. Exactly. Damn. That was the one thing I was hoping for. Like maybe 66ers, maybe for a game. But, yeah, so the news came out, I think it was yesterday, uh, Tuesday, that he will not be going on any rehab assignment. He'll um, he'll get simulated at-bats against, quote-unquote, professional pitchers. So I'm guessing um, maybe guys in the Angels organization that – they have a bullpen day. He'll stand in, right? He'll stand in and, and try to get some rips that way. Or they'll just, um, yeah, he'll he'll they'll probably do like a like a mini scrimmage where right, exactly. a guy in between a start is throwing yeah, ball. Yeah, you know he's at bat. Maybe he sits for yeah. you know ten fifteen minutes and then has to get back up again because as a DH you're not constantly warm. I mean you're up and then you sit back down. There's no going on the field. So, and my idea, he has to get used to um, getting up, getting warm, sitting down, cooling down. Then getting up, stretching out, getting warm, and getting back into the uh, batter's box. So, um, you know, all signs point to early May. I mean, they have not set a date as far as this is the date. But everywhere you look and kind of read the tea leaves, it looks like early May is is the ideal um, return date for Otani, which would be a big um, big upgrade to an offense that kind of needs it right now. Yeah. Um, we'll get into what he means to the Angels lineup uh, later as we get into podcasts. Yeah, and so too, and then also the t- way we kind of touched about it early. Tyler Skaggs rolled his ankle. Yeah, um, didn't seem anything really major. He seems to be confident. And so miss one start. Miss one start, and, and with the date pushed back on the fourteenth, it obviously pushed everyone else back. So he would only miss one day. But um, the next day he was out there throwing. Today he took, or was it today or yesterday? He took um, long throwing. And everything checked out fine. So, again, it seems like one of those things where, um, you know, maybe if the bullpen wasn't so taxed and they needed that extra slot for a bullpen arm, maybe he doesn't go on the DL. Maybe they skip a start, but he stays on the DL. But I think because of the bullpen and the innings they've pitched so far, they probably put him on the DL the minimal days that he can be and then bring up a bull, extra bullpen arm so they can kind of stay up, you know, uh, stay ready in the bullpen, I guess. Yeah. Uh, they're – when the Angels make a move, guys, and it's nothing major, major, there's a reason for it. I know there were a lot of people, they were really upset. You know, when when I heard that Justin Anderson had got sent down, at first it shocked me. But then but then I, I, I saw the bigger picture and went, oh, this makes sense now. They, you know, saving arms, kind of, you know, he's able to be sent down. And then just, just a lot of moving parts. 
It's not a big deal right now. I think I think when you start to, you start to worry, you should start worrying when you know a guy misses a start and then they say, you know what, he's gonna miss one more start, and then it starts getting iffy at that point. But you know, with with Tyler Skaggs, I think you know it's about. I think he's. I don't think it's anything the Angels are worried about. I don't think he's too worried about it. Things like that happen where you're running, you're tweaking ankle, you might tweak a knee. It's better to just kind of rest it, days off here and there. Take your time. Yeah, in the long haul, in the long haul, you don't necessarily need you know every single. You would like to see every single start made, but if you miss a day here and it helps you down the line, that's obviously the the main goal. So, if you know missing one start uh, helps him get 100 percent healthy because he is a big part of what the Angels need to perform, use to the form to to make a run. Right. Uh, for a wild card spot, you know, um, I think him and hopefully Haney when he comes back. I think honestly the team's only going to go as far as they take them. Right, and that might scare some Angels fans. And I and I and I understand why it would, but at the end of the day, it's going to come down to kind of what they what they do, and then you know maybe it's not necessarily shows up in wins, but it's going to show up in innings and starts and all that stuff. Absolutely. All right, so we're going to take a quick commercial break from our sponsor, but before we do that, I'd like to take a second to introduce our newest friends from SeatGeek. Let them take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals to your favorite game, concert, or even show and rates them on a scale of 1 to 10. Let you know if you're getting the best deal for your buck. A green dot makes great deals. Yellow dot means good deals. And a red dot, eh, not so good deals. So use promo code ACAA at checkout to receive $20 off your first purchase. Dude, that's $20 off your first purchase. Two free beers at the stadium on them. What are you waiting for? Use promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. We're here with Kyle Bradish of the Inland Empire 66. Kyle, how do you feel coming into 2019? Obviously, there was a few setbacks last year, but how are you feeling uh, physically? I feel great, uh, ready to go, very excited to be here and uh, start my first uh, professional season. Yeah, going over your stats from New Mexico State, man, just a great collegiate career. What do you take from what you learned in New Mexico State and bring it on here to the field at uh, Inland Empire? Uh, just compete. I learned a lot there from my pitching coaches and head coach. Ballpark was very offensive, so I kind of uh, had to work with that. Um, but, yeah, just coming out to compete is the biggest thing. So uh, spring training, how was that for you? What did you? How did you uh, work yourself back in physically? How did you get back in shape? What things did you do to kind of make yourself you know ready for 2019 yeah spring training was a blast my first one uh definitely working on uh uh commanding my changeup and getting feel for that and then hadn't been on the mound for almost eight months so getting the feel with that my mechanics and everything who did you work with especially in spring training as far as pitching coaches wise or whatever that kind of helped you out this year yeah uh, words the pitching coach here he helped me a lot with my changeup and uh Wise, the pitching coordinator, he was also there with Wirtz, helping me out with everything. So having them there in, in Arizona now coming back over here, that's probably got to 
make you feel a lot comfortable, right? Yeah, no, it definitely does. Uh, me and Wirtz have worked a lot together, so we got a good feel for each other and how he likes things done, and uh, he's a big help. So last year, obviously, you were selected in the first, in the, the first player draft. How was the, the whole draft process for you? Like, did you feel a little uneasy? How confident did you feel, or, or how, how was it for you? Uh, it was it was a good experience. Um, my coaches did a good job with kind of toning everything down. I worked with uh, through them and my agent. They did a good job of kind of taking all the scouts and all that to them, so I could just go out, have fun, and uh, compete for my last season. So you and obviously you're in the Angels organization kind of organization that's farm system it's obviously on the rise there's a lot of great players here how do you feel to be a part of the angels organization and the farm system yeah no i'm just blessed to be here uh the angels are definitely definitely on the rise a lot of good uh young talent in the minors and on the sixers so very excited so last question before i let you go heading into two, I've, been, I've asked every guy this question heading into 2019 is there one certain thing that you're working on to become a better player or is it I'm sitting back I'm gonna work hard and grind yeah sit back work hard grind that's always been my thing um definitely uh keep working on my change up but other than that just compete uh, uh for this team and have fun all right we're here with Jordan Zimmerman of the Inland Empire 66ers Jordan 2019 is right I mean it's here pretty much um how do you feel coming into 2019 so far uh, I feel pretty good. Uh, body feels good. I feel fresh, uh, ready to play. Made some adjustments uh, with my game, so hopefully it starts to pay off this year. Yeah, we saw you in spring training, man. We saw you actually on TV. How cool was it to play at the big stadium in Tempe Diablo? Yeah, it was good. I got to have uh, quite a few at-bats up there, so uh, being around those guys up there, you get to learn a lot, uh, whether it's just talking to them or just watching their actions and how they present themselves and what they do every day. So, yeah, it's definitely a fun learning experience getting to go up there and, and learn from pretty much the best players in the league. So, uh, yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, you're talking about the best players in the league. Obviously, you got to be in there with Mike Trout. Um, not just Mike Trout, but you got Albert Pujols, you know, Cole Calhoun, everybody pretty much. But what do you what do you take most from them, you know, being in there in the dugout with them? Do you talk to them? Do you pick their brain or do you just sit back and watch? Uh, pretty much just sit back and watch. When I talk to them, it's not really much about baseball. Um, yeah, I just like to see how they carry themselves, uh, especially when they fail at the plate. Uh, if they strike out or something like that, to see how they carry themselves after that. Um, that's pretty much all I pay attention to with them. Uh, and then maybe watching the infielders like Simmons, uh, watching a gold glover out there, you get to just see what he does and how he moves and what he looks for. So it's really fun being able to watch everything they do physically on the field. You know, not just the players, but the coaching staff as well. I mean, obviously everybody's there at spring training. What do you take from the coaching staff uh, over the, while you're over there? Uh, yeah, they talk to you a lot. Uh, they, they're more with us, for me, uh, just giving little details that, uh, you know, sometimes get looked past uh, when I'm at third base. Like, they try to give me some advice and maybe some positioning cues and what to look for with runners, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, they're always trying to teach us up, um, at least us younger guys. So it's good to learn from them. Um, I think last year we talked to you, you know, obviously you played third base. I think last year you were playing a little bit of first base, right? Does that is that something you're still working on, or or is it you know? Or, I mean, obviously you want to be the most complete player you can be, but do you work in more you know first base, third base? How did that work out this spring training for you? Uh, mainly third base. Uh, I'll go over to first base uh, once in a while, uh, maybe to give a first baseman day off or a DH day or something like that. But you know, I can I feel like I can play uh, pretty much any position on the field except for uh, behind the plate. Uh, I want to avoid there. So I mean, it, as long as I can uh, be in the lineup and don't matter uh, what glove I have in my hand, I don't really care as long as I'm in the lineup. So yeah, third base, first base, second base, outfield, whatever, whatever uh, I can do. All right. So my final question for you is 2019, obviously brand new season. Is there something in particular about your game that you want to work on, or is it just, I'm going to go out here and grind it out? Uh, well, this offseason, I pretty much worked on a lot of stuff, changed a lot of stuff with my game uh, at the plate and on defense. So at this point, it's just trusting that what I did in the offseason is going to work and not pressing the emergency button if it starts to go bad. So I just got to trust what I did this offseason is going to pay off in the long run this season. So hopefully it does, and uh, I look forward to doing it.
So we're here with Ryan Barber, the manager of the Inland Empire 66ers. Your second season. What do you look forward to? What, what do you look forward to most at the start of a new baseball season? Uh, you know, we're just looking to get started. You know, I think everybody's kind of got the itch to get out here and get the season going. You know, a lot of us have been at spring training for, for some time now and, and kind of get out here and, and, and face some different teams and get into our little nice, beautiful stadium here and, and then get after it. So coming into 2019, you know, you had one year experience here already. What about San Bernardino do you like the most as far as, you know, the atmosphere and all that stuff? Oh, I mean, you get to come here to this beautiful field with a with a unbelievable grounds crew with Dom and his staff and and dealing with uh, Joe and his staff in the front office. And, and they, on both aspects, they take care of us very well. And, uh, I mean, you just look out here right now and look at this beautiful field. Uh, the fan base, especially, uh, you know, we, we get this place packed and, and get a little rowdy. And it's it's fun for these, for these players to experience that. Right. So now... Fresh new crop of guys. I know there's some guys on the roster here that were here last year, too. But how do you deal with, you know, the fluctuating rosters? You know, I know it's not your decision all the time. You know, they get called up or they get moved around. You know, how do you adapt to you know, new guys on the roster every so often? Well, I mean, you gotta, you have to get to know your players, you know, and, and I think our staff and, and our organization does a really good job of that uh, during spring training, get familiar with these guys, uh, get to know what makes them tick, and, and as you said, you know, the fluctuation of, of guys coming up and, and getting promoted or getting new players, what have you, it's just communication. You have to communicate with these guys and, and get them to, a, to a, uh, an environment where they just go out and play. So, you know, how do you, you know, it's, I, we see you guys out here competing all the time. You guys, you guys, obviously, you guys want to win. But on the other hand, it's also to develop these guys. How do you get these guys to say, hey, you're going to develop, but we're also going to win games? Yeah, it's just, you know, it's a process. It's it's letting these guys know, um, you know, they have their own expectations and, and letting them go out there and do their thing, win or lose. You know, you're learning from it. Um, it's player development. That's, that's, that's how things go. And, and um, you know, they have plans and they go out there and they try to execute them. And, and whether it's, you know, whether it's a base hit or not, just as long as they trust their process and understand that, hey, you know, at the end of the day, let things take care of themselves. Absolutely. So now, I know last year you were able to coach to some crazy, ridiculous talent. You know, Jamai Jones, Joe Adele, um, uh, Brandon Marsh, Connor Justice, guys like that. New crop coming in, you know, uh, any exciting guys that you, you can look at and say, wow, when this guy gets here, I look forward to, you know, seeing what this guy can do. Uh, you know, I'm not going to sit there and put that on any player. You know, again, they have their own expectations. Let them come out and play. Um, I'm always excited about all of them. You know, it's you start the season on Thursday and, and kind of let roll them out there and let them do their thing and, and kind of take care of itself. And, you know, again, every every single one of them is special to us, and, and we're looking, to, looking forward to the season. Any... Uh you keep in contact with these guys that have moved up. You look at the papers or you go online and say, hey, what did what did this guy do or what did that guy do? Is How cool is it to see the progression? No, absolutely. I mean, you know, you build relationships with these players. You know, you're around them obviously more than than you are your family, and they are your family. And and that's what we preach. And and it's it's fun to, you know, you get in at night and you go check the box score and see how some of these guys are doing. And, you know, it's up and down the organization. And, uh, you know, because we're all, we're all a big family. We're all in the same place during spring training. So you get to get familiar with a lot of these guys. And, and, you know, obviously we hope that they're all doing well. Right. Let's talk about spring training. You talk about how you guys are all out there. Uh, how cool is it to see everybody out there together, working together, uh, the progression? I mean, obviously, you know, with spring training, you get to see guys that you manage in this dugout on this field playing in a major league game in spring training. How cool is it to see that? No, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's the one time of year where everybody's in the same place. So, you know, the, the players are learning, the coaches are learning. Um, we're getting familiar with, with some new things, and, and uh, you know, it's just it's exciting, and, and it's obviously very exciting to get out of there and get into our own little area and, and kind of let these guys do their thing. So my last final question for you, you know, um, last thing about spring training as well. Um, the organization, we've seen the progression or how good it's gotten from, you know, a few years back where the farm system was, wasn't at the top level. Now it's kind of increased. Um, it's at, you know, one of the top in Major League Baseball. Um, is there any, I don't want to say pressure on you, but is, what, what do you do to, or what, what's your 
um, focus for 2019 saying, hey, we got to keep, you know, this farm system on the right track? Well, you know, we, we, we have a plan, and, and we just we just stick to that plan and, and let the players, their talent and, and, and their expectations and, and our preparation for them kind of just let them go out there and do their thing. And, and again, you know, you use the word adapt, and you just adapt throughout a season and, and see where there needs to be some adjustments and what have you. And the biggest thing, you let them go out there and play. Let them go out there and play. This game's supposed to be fun, and, and, and let them do their thing. This is Chris Rodriguez with the Los Angeles Angels, and you're listening to the All Angels Podcast. And we are back. We'd like to thank uh, our sponsors and obviously the Inland Empire 66ers for allowing us you know, access to Media Day and being out there on the field. We do promise to get more interviews from, for you guys, whether it be top prospects or, or guys who are down there you know, trying to move up to the next level. Every guy out there is, is working hard to, to get to that next level and looking to improve. So. And obviously, whenever there's like a rehab start or anything, we have access to all that stuff. Yeah, so hopefully, uh, we, so hopefully we won't have to. Yeah, but if they do, we'll be there. You know, it's kind of name of the game. Uh, it happens. Right. You know, like the Angels just posted a, a Instagram post about Mike Trout. And it says, some superheroes wear capes. Mike Trout wears an element. Well, Daniel and I hold up a digital recorder. So. Yes, there you go. But no, that was uh, Kyle Bradish, uh, the first guy to that you listened to. Kyle Bradish was the the Angels um, third draft, round, third, yeah, third round pick uh, last year, and uh, unfortunately he was injured, so didn't pit. He had no minor league stats last year, but he had a great career in New Mexico State. And then we followed that interview with uh, Ryan Zimmerman, a guy we interviewed last, last year. year. We mm-hmm. we. We we've seen him at spring training and yeah. stuff like that, like you mentioned inside the interview. Yeah, yeah, and then we obviously we sp- we spoke to uh, Ryan Barba, the manager of the Sixty Sixers, his second season as a Sixty Sixers manager. Great guy. Found out that day that I'm like four older. years older than yeah. him, so kind of weird. He's not older. He's older than me, so I guess I, I feel a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. You're like, all right. Yeah, it's not but too, soon it's enough. Not, yeah. It's not too bad. Soon, soon enough, it's gonna catch up to you, and then you're gonna be realizing that the guys you're watching and yeah, geeking yeah, out yeah, over yeah, are. Yeah. Uh-huh. Way younger than I already us. do. I already do that when I'm like, oh, I'm talking to so and so. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, he's he's like 22, yeah, exactly. 21. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Sons of bitches. So anyway, uh, let's get into it. As we do every week, we have a poll question, Dan. Yeah. So for new new listeners that might be new to the podcast, we are on Twitter and on Instagram at Halo underscore Haven. Um, so every week, Monday mostly, I'll put a poll question on our Twitter. So make sure you look out for that. Usually it's in the morning, afternoon time, but it definitely will be on Monday. So this week's poll question in honor of Jackie Robinson's day and the number 42 being retired all over Major League Baseball. Um, what What's the next number you would like to see the Angels retire? You know, obviously Angel players. Uh, your options were Tim Salmon, Jared Weaver, Vladimir Guerrero, and Garrett Anderson. Um, Tim Salmon obviously won 47%. Second place was Vladimir Guerrero, 31 Anderson had 12, and Weaver had 10. So um, I think I know where you're going with it, but tell the people who you, who you voted for. <laughs> if anybody knows me at all, at all, they should know that uh, Tim Salmon was my favorite baseball player ever. Uh, yeah. um, that's a guy that I watched his very first at-bat and watched his very last at-bat. So uh, he's the reason I wore number 15 my whole life, and that's where I still use, you know, Halos fan 1524 is my tag on Instagram if you guys want to follow me. But 15 is because of Tim Salmon. So, obviously, Tim Salmon would be my choice. My second choice, and I'm going to catch some heat for this, is not Vladimir Guerrero. It's Garrett Anderson. I think Garrett Anderson's number should be retired as well because you look at the Angels' all-time stats as far as games played, offensive category, everything that you can do at the plate uh, as an Angel, it's Tim Salmon or Garrett Anderson at the top of the heap, and they're 1-2. So, and, and the longevity of each guy. Obviously, Tim Salmon, his whole career as an Angel – and then Garrett Anderson spent, you know, all but maybe three seasons as an angel. So, right. um, yeah, man, number fifteen is what I went with. Yeah, obviously. I went with Vladimir because this in my head, the, the the thought behind it was, okay, how are you not going to retire the only guy wearing your cap in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to me, it's like I think just because it just happened, right? Yeah, yeah. So but it will happen. It will sure. happen, though. I mean, but someone, how could it? Yeah, someone mentioned on Twitter like, oh, well, they can't do it now because of Trout. Of course they can. Like, yeah, they can do a double retirement. Um, yeah. The Yankees retired eight twice. Yeah. So um, it's not like it 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 can't happen. Um, will they retire it at the same time? I don't know. Just because there's such, there's going to be such a big gap between when Trout ultimately retires and, and Vladdy. Yeah, now no, they. That. I don't. So no. um, I would hope for a. Um, like kind of a retirement ceremony, yeah. maybe next season or whatever. But he should. Vlad deserves his own. Yeah, I ceremony. Mean, like, like 
I said he's the only yeah. guy in the Hall of Fame wearing your cap. Yeah. You, you have to yeah. retire that number. No doubt. And then you kind of just grandfather trout it, and then once he retires, then yeah. boom, you have two retirements. 27 yeah. will never be worn again, yep. ever. And I think Angel fans will take that. So Yeah, it's funny, too, when, when, when Vlad got into the Hall of Fame and he said he's going as an Angel, and then that question arose last year about, oh, well, they can because yeah. Trout's wearing it. Um, you can he can he can retire it right now if you wanted to, and he could still wear it. I mean, number forty two got retired, and you still had guys who wore number forty two that weren't even Mario right. Rivera's stature. Right, wearing it, they yeah. kept it until they retired. So the last person to wear forty two was Mario Rivera, and he wore it for like what ten years right. or whatever, After fifteen years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I I think that needs to happen just because, like I said, if he's going to be your only one and. And it will probably be your only one until Trout right. goes in. Um, yeah, I mean, it would be cool. And then he could say something along, right. like, you know, I want Trout to wear it and represent the number mm-hmm. well. And that's going to be a great, like, kind of PR thing. Right. 27, you know, having pictures and all that stuff mm-hmm. and ultimately going to be in the Hall of Fame. Two twenty sevens. That's awesome. Here's a question I got for you, dude. Mm-hmm. They were speaking about uh, reti- numbers being retired. Is it odd to you that the Angels have – kind of told people you can't wear number 15 yet haven't retired it yet See, yeah that's the weird that's thing. weird like, right angels need to either do it or not yeah what's what's the saying either shit or get off the pot right because so either retire weird. it because i don't think anyone would be upset if oh we're gonna retire tim sam right no, everyone, everyone that i know and i'm sure everyone that you know would be perfectly fine with it and be like finally but the fact that it, it's weird that they, they you said it like no one's worn no it. no one's worn they it don't issue it out i don't no. know if it's a they won't issue it out well, or, or if players are just kind of respecting the fact no. that Sam and Ward and not asking for it because yeah. until this point until uh, Stratton no one's ever worn Aiden Hart's number right and so um, now I now now it's yeah but now it's it's coming out obviously Aiden Hart wasn't going to retire his number but you right. just kind of figured maybe no one asked what? about it maybe, yeah, and maybe, it that, was, maybe that's the yeah. thing now with Sam no one's asked about it maybe well, if, if someone comes up I have up, some news on that one yeah someone comes up and asks, are they going to give it to him or are they not going to give it to him? That's well, what I would wonder. Two guys uh, kind of asked for it and they they were uh, declined. Um, the first time happened. The first time it happened was when the Angels traded for Dan Heron. He came to the Angels and they told him that 15 was not a number that he could use. They didn't say why, but he couldn't wear 15. So the first one was Dan Heron. The second one was Houston Street. He came in and said, you know, I would like to wear 15. They said that they weren't, that it wasn't available. So I don't know if. if For those guys, I mean. I don't okay. understand. So maybe, those were 15. Yeah, maybe. F- I don't know. Maybe stature has something to do with it. Maybe if, maybe if one of these young kids come up through the system and it's going to be a big part of the Angels future and he asks for 15, do they do it then? Like, I mean. Yeah. Just weird. It's just yeah, weird. Yeah, it's just weird. Having... I would love to just them just do it. I think it would be an awesome ceremony. It'd be an awesome bobblehead opportunity. Obviously, yeah, yeah, bobblehead um, gives some more. And so I, I just, I just don't understand why they haven't yet, and and it doesn't make sense to me why they haven't. Like if if it's in circulation, put it out there. If it's not, put it up on the board. Put it up on on the wall. Uh, you know. So. Well, and it's des- and it's deserving to be up well, on yeah, the wall. Exactly, because it doesn't. Like I said, no one's gonna be like really that guy. No one's ever. No one's gonna be like that. So. And the fact that they haven't done, they haven't retired a number in forever. I I think the last one was. I gotta think about it right now. Shoot, in the late nineties, maybe mid nineties. It might have been Gene Autry's number, and it wasn't even a real number. It was twenty six. Or or Jimmy Reese, and that was like in the mid nineties. I have a question. So the whole story behind. Autry gained 26 was because he was a quote-unquote Yeah, the 26 man on the, on the roster. So if all these talks happen, and maybe not next season, but next season There's they're going to expand the 26. roster to 26, what, are you going to bump it up to 27? Oh, wait, three, 20, <laughs> three number 27s, baby. So next thing you know, they're going to have to redo that one. But yeah, so... Three number 27s on the board. Yeah, Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the other guys that I mentioned, you know, Weaver... Was mm. a great player, but I don't think he gets that kind no. of. I mean, he could be in the Angel Hall of Fame. Oh, for sure, that's gonna come for sure. Up. Not number retirement. Not that's number a whole retirement. different different um, thing. You know, we said Vlad, yeah, Salmon, yeah, GA. I think GA is on a borderline for that. He, I, he, he is, he, but he's I mean, borderline. For but that. if you're going to retire Salmon, right? You need gonna, to retire. Maybe, I mean, maybe maybe that's what they feel like oh. it's going to open a big old you know Pandora's box. But why not just do both? Because yeah. obviously. Both of those numbers aren't being well, yeah, because because I, I looked it up and, and technically, quote unquote, the 2002 teams like retire, like some kind of retirement. Yeah, they're they're, like, they're in the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. So yeah, I mean, does that all encompass all nah, those guys? So nah. I mean, yeah, like you said, I would love it for them to just do it and 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 have a whole ceremony. And I mean, he's there on the stadium all the time, so obviously, 
it's not one of those things where you hear from time to time, oh, the relationship between the play, ex player and the, and the team right. is fractured. Like, no, he he's at the games. He's working for Fox Sports. Oh, yeah, he's, so, he's there. So obviously the relationship's great. So yeah, you know, just I, I, know, I, I would, would love to see it get done. I find it odd that, that it hasn't been retired yet. Yeah. You know, when you look at you look at the numbers that have been retired, and you look at their numbers compared to Tim Salmon's number as an angel, then you're like, yeah, this needs to be retired, but. It is what it is. You, you, we, we can beat this with like a drum all day well, long. Yeah, this could be we a won't get answers. To you know, another. I mean, you probably go from team to team and look up why haven't they retired this guy yet and stuff like. But that. we're Angel fans, and you know, we do what we do, and we know, we know what that's that's how we roll. Yeah. Especially a certain guy who has a podcast. And anyway, we're not going to mention any names. <laughs> all right, so we're going to move forward from the poll question. We're going to go straight into emails out real quick before we do get into the emails. Uh, Curators Chronicles will be on hold for at least two weeks for sure. He's in Spain. He big time us and flew to Spain. So the curators in Spain probably so if curating. Listen, if anyone's listening in Spain, look out for him. Yeah, look out for that mustache. He's probably curating some, you know, ancient something out there in Spain. I don't know who ancient, knows. Ancient baseball know. bat. Base, yeah, that some was found. the first Spanish bat to be used. Whatever. Exactly. Anyway, let's get into our email questions. Our first email comes from our loyal listener from Dead Horse Alaska, and it is Duncan Healy. He says, "Hey there, guys." Uh, are we really going to get swept by the Texas Rangers? As far as we know, we're losing 4-2 to two right now. Joey Gallo. Why do the Angels pitch to him? He's a Texas version of Chris Davis. He loves in you intro music. And that's all Daniel right there. So good job. That, on yeah, that today. was kind of a... I guess off-season project. I got bored. I'm not going to lie. Hey, no, no, and I was like, hey, let's just try to change things up a little bit. Once so, a month sucks. Yeah, and it's a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, downtime. Yeah. What do, what do I do? What do I do with my hands? No, yeah. uh, Joey Gallo. What, I mean, we were talked about it a little bit. We touched about it on, on when we were doing the Week in Review. But this guy, just not even this year. I mean, even you go back to last. I don't know if you remember that home run he hit. Was it a year ago or two years ago? Where he hit it year, like, halfway up that batter's eye. Or yeah, it was more than almost, It was almost clear. To those, yeah, it was yeah. probably up where those flowers are, yeah, those red exactly, flowers are. Yeah. That's a shot. I don't know what you do with that guy. You just need to be careful. You need to work on your location. You can't make a mistake, like Daniel said earlier yeah. in the show. Just work to your spot, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that will strike out a ton, so you have it in your mind where if you hit your spots, and I'm sure pitchers are confident enough in their abilities that they feel like, oh, I can hit my spot. That's easy, and he'll strike out. But then again, you miss by a little bit, and that's what happened last night. He, he hits it a long oh, dude. way. You, you let that ball in his swing path? Forget mm-hmm. it, dude. That's going to fly out of here. Our next email comes from another loyal listener. We got some loyal listeners here, and I love it. Uh, Lamar Washington, he says, yo, I have to say it. Borges is trash. Sorry, ladies. Yeah. Gorgeous, Borges. I know one in my household that's yeah. disappointed. Dude lost that fourth outfielder spot, right? Goodwin has been delivering way more than Peter. I'm sure he gets released, right? You think he gets released or he gets sent down? I think he gets sent down. And I, I think Goodwin definitely has earned it. Oh, dude, dude, yeah. But my question is, okay, you get upped and back. Good one goes to the bench. Fine. Yeah. Um, if you go defensive replacement late in the game, is good one a good enough defensive No, replacement? that's a problem. That's So, I mean, obviously, you're not looking for offensive production out of your fourth outfielder. A lot of times you're right. looking for a guy that's going to be that defensive right. replacement. So, again, I don't think Borges is going to stay with the team, but I'm just kind of making an argument for the other side. For the, yeah. Um, I for- think I don't think Borges plays enough great defense to offset Goodwin's mm-hmm. bat. Because yeah. you, you you tell me right now who I want in that lineup, I'm gonna tell you Goodwin all day. Plus he's a left-handed bat, and like right. you said, but you like you said, you're not looking for production. Right, right now at, at the plate, you need a starter. Yeah, yeah, he's the guy yeah. hands down. But I'm just thinking, well, if you need to do a defensive replacement for Upton right. and and Borden's in Triple A, do you now go Fletcher and left, and then if he's playing third, you kind of mix it up that way. You could. You know, Fletcher but, again, but then again, Fletcher's this is his first season yeah. playing left field, so there's bound to be some kind of mistakes there. It just it's just gonna happen with, with the learning curve, but, but yeah. But I think with Upton's injury, I think you wanna keep Goodwin because you never know, he might have to miss a game yeah. or two right yeah. off the bat because yeah. it's just sore well, yeah. or something. Like, like I said, like I, I agree. I think yeah. I think Goodwin has earned that spot. I just kinda playing playing yeah, the de- other side of it. Advocate yeah, here. exactly. Edward Viscaino writes in, he says, Wow, the more I see our lineup, the more I miss Otani and Upton. Crazy how two guys drastically changed that lineup. Any word on when they return? Dude, I've been saying this. I mean, it's, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure it out. I mean, right. you add Upton and Otani to anybody's lineup, and it makes it instantly better, drastically better, like yeah. Edwards said here. But uh, haven't heard da- Daniel talked about Otani's return, but Upton? Yeah, I haven't heard anything from Upton. Neither have so I. Obviously, he's still probably a couple. They said six to eight weeks yeah, when he got so injured. Yeah, so he's still 
a couple of weeks out from even getting reevaluated, and, and then from there, then okay, and let's put him in some kind of a program. So he's still a while away from that. But like I said earlier, Otani, everyone is looking at early May. Like he even came out and said he he'll be ready late April. But they kind of the Angels kind of put a nix on it. Like no, we're not gonna you know we're definitely not gonna look for that. But um, no, we know. need to rush him in. I mean, obviously right. we like to have his bat in the lineup, but like we want him healthy. Right. So. Obviously, we would love to see him in the lineup. The Angels could need it, would need it in the lineup, obviously, but uh, no need to rush a guy that long-term is going to be a big part, not only with his bat, but um, hopefully with his arm and everything. So you definitely don't need to rush him into that. Um, you know, we, we're also right now, if you guys are listening to the podcast, we are also on Instagram Live. Again, Halo underscore Haven, and then we're getting um, a lot of questions like Listella, why Listella? Um, I think that's just offensively driven as far as trying to get right. uh, an offensive bat. Defensively, you can tell he's a liability. He's one of those guys where um, he gets taken out for Fletcher all the time when Fletcher's on the bench or even um, Cozart. Right. Because um, defensively, he, he struggles at times. But um, and I, but I think like when people say, why La Stella? You got to look at, well, what's the other option? The other option's Fletcher, and he's not that much better. I know people love Fletcher. He's a great utility guy, great guy to plug in there, but he's not that much better. So, uh, you know, yeah, I'm then, not. And then some questions, too, we're getting at is is the season being lost now. But I, my question is to people out there, who is necessarily running away with the wild card? I mean, yeah, the pennant. Okay, great. If your idea of the Angels into, coming into the season was they're going to win the division, then you were totally off base to begin with. Everyone, us included, uh, mine was, hey, they're going to compete for that second wild card spot. They're going to compete for the second wild card. Even the first wild card, I was like, eh, it's probably the second one. There's no one out there running with the second wild card spot. I mean, look at Boston. Boston has six wins. That was going to be a playoff team by everyone's account. Defending world champions. Right. The Yankees, another playoff team, has eight wins. So, obviously, they're almost literally just the same as the Angels with, with the win total. Now, the loss column is a little different, but – they're not running away with it. Okay, what is it? A game and a half, two game difference. It's not a big difference. I'm not even looking at the standings. Right, right but I'm just saying, it would be totally different if the Angels were struggling and there was like four teams ahead of them well, all yeah. with like 12 wins. Then, well, yeah. Well, but, if the Angels were like four and 11 or four and 12 or, you know, like. And, and Seattle, and if you want to say Seattle, no, they're not going to. Great. But you got to hope that their offense stays hot they're the whole not. year because their pitching and their defense is horrible. Take two seconds, look up their they're pitching uh, defense stats. And and look that hey um, their defense is the worst in the majors so that's more that's going to be more showing throughout the season than the hot offense at the beginning of the year right. that will fade every team oh yeah no has doubt the down period and they don't have anything else to um, win a couple games right you know when they're not scoring twelve runs a game they're not going to have the pitching or the defense to hold the team under five I mean it just doesn't it doesn't happen um so in a nutshell sky is falling Jason relax yeah. He says we're dodging him. Yeah. I so, Again, Boston will be there, but Boston with who? Their best pitcher can't get out of the third inning without giving up, you know, five runs. But, I mean, are you honestly, if you were a Red Sox fan, are you concerned about the Red Sox right now? Or well, you- I think Red Sox fans should be way more concerned about them because they have two teams they have to get over. They have to get over the, the, the Tampa Bay, which I think will be legit, and the Yankees, which are really banged up. Injury wise, and the Angels, what you're gonna have to compete with maybe one other team. Yeah, I mean, Boston might come up, but they're further down than you are. Um, Toronto and Baltimore are obviously not teams that are good, are, are competing, so it, it's it's just one of those things where the Angels are kind of lucky the fact that no one's really run away with anything. So, yes, yeah, um, so I'm not even looking yeah. at the standings right now. So, to me, it's getting everybody healthy. Getting up then and Otani back in that lineup, and then we can go from there. Right, because this team's going to be a whole different team once you get Otani and Upton and Haney, and then obviously injuries are going to happen. J.C. Ramirez coming back, Middleton. Keenan Middleton's coming back. The oh. big thing is going to be not, you know, once everyone gets back healthy again. Skaggs isn't considered a major injury; he's missed one start. As long as you avoid those multi-month type of yeah, injuries, yeah. and hopefully when Haney comes back, he avoids that rest of the year. Um, and same thing with Otani. Uh, they can make a serious run because, again, there's not a lot of good teams in the AL. I mean, you look at each division, there's probably two teams, maybe three teams in each division that aren't great. So you can definitely make up ground on some teams. Yeah. Next email question comes from Lauren Koch. She says, hi, guys. What's the deal with the Angels versus lefties? Wow. 
Have you looked at the numbers? Uh, keep up the great work. You got numbers. I got numbers. Yeah. So lefties, not great. They're batting 160 against lefties this season. That is the lowest in Major League Baseball, which is weird to me because they are such a right-handed heavy team. You would traditionally, you like that you know righty versus lefty matchup, um, but they haven't been able to take advantage of it. And it's just weird that you can say what you want about they need to change their approach or they need to change this. Well, they have. They got all new coaches. Yeah. So how much more of an approach they need to change when they, you change everything that you, you did last year? Because this is more than just a one-year deal. I mean, that's it's a tough thing to kind of answer because as a former baseball player and a current vintage baseball player, uh, you take your at-bats, you have to have an approach. And I can't I can't sit here and tell you what each guy's approach is at the plate. Obviously, everyone has a different approach. You know, you're looking to hit the ball up the middle. I'm not, you know, if a lefty usually stays away, down and away from you. Mm-hmm. So... Try to make him pitch inside of you. Try to get try to try to get your hands to it. But that's just me being a coach, me being a former baseball player. These guys obviously are way better than I am. I, I Who are you? Yeah. Um, so they'll make the adjustments. Um, it's weird. It is weird that they've they've struggled since like 2015. There's the numbers are there. They've struggled against left handers. I think it's just really just bad luck. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, it can, you can't really pinpoint it. On it's just so weird that the lefties are struggling so hard against lefties. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know what else they do. I don't change your approach but then again like i said they have a whole bunch of other yeah um they have a whole new staff and so i don't know what more you can change um we are on instagram says the houston's batting over 400 against lefties well they're good they're really well, really yeah good look at team. that lineup yeah they're yeah. a really good team and so if you if you're going to compare yourself to the, if you're going to compare the angels to the houston throughout the year you're going to be disappointed hey nine uh, times out of ten bregman korea altuve right. we have trout and sometimes Cole. And sometimes Calhoun and Simmons. But Simmons over it, – that's basic, guys. Simmons, Simmons been overachiever. is overachiever. Simmons is offensively, yeah. Simmons, to yeah. me, it seems like he's trying too hard right now. And he's oh, over, no he's doubt. He's swinging for the fences, it seems time. like to me. He's, but he's showing it up. He looked good today. Yeah. He looked good well, the other when day. He, when he can put it in play consistently, that makes the pitchers kind of pitch him a little different. They right. leave those – those mistakes up. Yeah. When they kind of see him free swinging, they can expand the strike zone and he strikes out or pops it up or, right. you know, rolls over on one when he's more selective and, and able to get a couple through the middle first and then look for that, you know, power swing. Then it's there. But yeah. when he comes up with the attitude, like I got to just kill it. And again, it comes down swinging to swinging at high pitches. Yeah, and again, too, it comes down to coaches can tell him that all day, but, but it's he's it, a pro. He's a pro. There's only so much you can tell him that it yeah. comes down to individual, um, what he wants to do individually, and yeah. he's, you know, not in a contract year yet. But if you would think if he's going to get an extension, um, now would be the time that they, you would have to produce some kind of right, numbers right. to to have that. And I think you never know what what the numbers are going to be against lefties when a guy like Otani and Upton come back. Those guys can drastically change. Well, especially uh, Upton because he's going to be a righty. In yeah, that lineup. and but I think I think Otani did well uh, against yeah. lefties last, last year. Last year when they gave him opportunity. Yeah. So. Um, last email from, and then you guys can email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. That's where Rob Lasting sent his email. He said, hello there, gentlemen. This, so this canning kid is making his way through the system very impressively. Any chance we see him sooner than later? I think possibly as a late September call up. I saw a tweet somewhere, uh, from, I don't know who. I can't remember, but it's a verified account saying that you could possibly see canning as a guy that the Angels could use as a spot starter when needed, you know, maybe a guy like like in the situation right now where where um, you know um, Skaggs is going to miss a start, maybe later in the year when guys' arms are trying to rest the guys' arms, they'll bring a guy in like Canning. Well, the, the, to yeah, have the a start. thing with, with Canning is too is that he's not on the forty man roster, which necessarily isn't a big deal because you can make a corresponding move. Right, but I'm just Borges. not sure oh. if if they would want to start his clock so soon because. You have to remember, he came out of UCLA with a high inning total um, from college, so much so that they shut him down the year he got drafted, and I believe the year after. They just completely shut him down. You're not going to pitch. So last year was his first year pitching professionally. And, yeah, he rocketed through the system as AAA for, like, two stars. AA, I think, was um, – you know, the majority of the season and then ultimately finishing a triple A for like two or three starts last year. But um, honestly, I think if, if they're smart about it, they kind of pace him out a little bit because again, he didn't pitch pro ball until last year. Um, And I think that's a big part of what they want to do where they're not going to want to rush a kid who ultimately is going to be in your lineup uh, next year. And and definitely at least by 2020 or 2021. So um, there's no reason to rush him in now injuries, 
pop up and they can, you know, depending on what kind of injuries, yeah, he can get in there or maybe they push a guy back. Maybe they kind of go a hybrid with Pena in the, out of the starting rotation slash bullpen. Um, you have kind of some long guys, I guess, like Peters is kind of a long guy. You put two of those long guys back to back and, and that can kind of be a start. So, um, yeah, there's different options, but hopefully by September you can get at least a little bit of a look, but I wouldn't want to rush it unless injuries push you to, to do so. Sweet. So that's all we got from our email account at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. That's allangelspodcast at gmail.com if you for sure want to get your question read on the show. Do we have any questions on the yeah. on that site where you uh, – didn't you post something on Instagram today about sending your questions or no? Was that oh, on? that was our story. If you guys have been following us on Instagram, I kind of got bored and put together oh, yeah, a, right. yeah, you're right. like a kind of a playoff bracket of logos. And that's actually gone really well because we've gotten tons and tons of votes and response from it. So. A lot, yeah. So I just asked for more ideas as far as what you want to put out, like in a bracket. A bracket. Angels bracket. So, um, you know, minor league logos, jerseys, um, players. You can do players by position. position. So stuff like that. So definitely, if you don't uh, follow us on Instagram, do that. Uh, Again, Halo underscore Haven on Instagram and Halo underscore um, Haven also on Twitter. Um, And just real quick, too, before we we take off – for people that don't know or, 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 you know, maybe you do, but we're now part of the, uh, all the armchair, all Americans. So again, go follow them on Twitter. They're at, uh, AC all Americans on Twitter. And then also, um, they have like a specific, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, sites and Twitter and all that stuff for, for different teams. So again, um, the armchair, I guess, branch of, for the angels is at, Armchair Angels. I should look this up before the <laughs> before the podcast, but I just totally. But that's on. us. We're right. the Armchair so, again, Angels. We'll start posting when we start posting stuff. We'll tag them in it, so it'll be easy. Just go to the link, go to the tag, follow them, help them out. Again, we're, we're we are contributing to this site. They are helping us with sponsors and everything like that. So it's kind of a, a group effort when it comes down to it. So again, yeah, help us um and help us help the guys that are helping us and that's the sponsors that's uh my bookie and, and, and now seat geek with 20 20 bucks off your next your next purchase yeah, like again. this at two beers yeah so and at angel stadium you know there's concession stands if you guys don't know there are i think they're called the grandstands i think they're called the grandstand yeah. there's about four of them or five of them maybe six in the ballpark where they sell beers hot dogs and like peanuts and whatever you you can get a four dollar fifty bud light there you go people don't know that I went with my buddy, and he's like, he went and bought like a $9 beer, a Bud Light, and I was just like, dude, look, we can go get two for that price over there, and you get more. Right. And he didn't believe me. I took him to the grandstand. We got two Bud, White, secret, Bud Lights secret, for 4 uh, hiding spot, if you will. But no, yeah, it's Armchair All-Americans, and you guys, like Daniel said, they're a like a website, a media network that they're, they're, um, they're uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? They're, they're uh, reaching out to all sports fans, like, whether you're an Angels fan, I know they're trying to expand their baseball network. So there's like a, they just got a Reds. If Reds fans got a podcast out there called the New Bad Boys Podcast, it's now part of the Armchair Network. We're the Angels version of the Armchair Media Network. So we, like I said, you're a fan of NCAA football. They're big in college sports. Um, see if they have your team on there, and if not, hey, tell them, hey, we would like to see more Notre Dame football stuff on here. Uh, I want to see more USC football on here. Reach out. Maybe they can find something for you. Maybe they got something for you that, that you might want to listen to. Again, so uh, big weekend coming up. Angels have, again, like he said, four against Seattle, four against uh, New York. Um, we'll be there. Me and my wife will be there for Friday, Saturday, and possibly Sunday. Saturday is the 5K if you guys are there. Look for um, – I'll be posting stuff. So if we run into each other, literally, figuratively, whatever. Um you know, check us out. Um, go to the ballpark, watch the game, dude. Everything's always better when you're at the game. So, unfortunately, I won't be at Angels. And if you see me dying after the during the five K, someone please send help. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be me. Um, I won't be at Anaheim. In Anaheim, I will be thanks to Daniel. I got his sixty sixers tickets. I'm picking up that LeBron James jersey, sixty uh, sixers jersey, James. LeBron James. Um, and then you guys say, why are you like? Why do you guys have tickets? Well, we're not those guys that are trying to like come up on stuff. We actually buy tickets when we need you know when we have to like promotions like we buy the tickets to get the bobbleheads you know stuff like that so if you guys are in inland empire 
I will be there on Saturday. Yeah, so, so there you go. I'll be at uh, in Anaheim. He'll be in San Bernardino. So maybe uh, come say what's up. Exactly. All right, guys. Well, unless you got anything else, man, I think that's going to wrap that it up for us. That is going to wrap it up. Look for the next podcast next Wednesday because I'm going to watch a little movie on Thursday night. That, Nerd. Yeah. So if you don't know, to, uh, you know, you haven't been paying attention. But yeah, next podcast Wednesday, week from today. So keep a lookout. Subscribe, uh, rate, review. Tell a friend. Tell them to tell two friends, and let's let's grow this thing bigger and better. Awesome. Yeah. Again, you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns for the show? You can email us at allangelspodcast at gmail that's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Halo underscore Haven on Twitter and Instagram. That's going to wrap it up. I am Johnny Mags. I'm Dion Garcia. And you have listened to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.